it on. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Welcome back to a very, very, very special episode of Pass It On. Um, Steve and Chris and I are joined by Becky, otherwise known as Clean Mama, who is, in Steve's word, a goddess from America. Um, so we're very happy to have her here with us. Hey, Becky, welcome. Thanks for having Hi, me. Becky. Hi there, guys. So it's worth saying Becky isn't physically with us, no. but we can no. see her on a screen in front I've of us. She's virtual science. From the US, where she's based. But yes. Clean Mama is a phenomenon. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the, the, the Clean Mama brand and how it started and where it's come to. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I started Clean Mama in 2009 as a blog that, and I didn't even know what a blog was, but someone told me, oh, you should have a blog and share your tips. And so I did. And that's where it started. I had a cleaning routine that I was already doing and I started sharing it online and it started to kind of take off. And more than 10 years later, that's where I am. I'm still sharing tips in my cleaning routine and hoping to inspire others to not take cleaning so seriously and have a little fun with it. I think that's one of the amazing things about Clean Mama. If you follow uh, Becky on Instagram or any of the other channels, mm-hmm. uh, you make it not just kind of fun, but it feels really achievable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. For so many of us, mm-hmm. cleaning just seems like this Sisyphean task that never, ever gets done. <laughs> Go and explain Sisyphean to Connie, go on. Oh. Listen to Sisyphus, Connie, how are you on S- your... It sounds like syphilis. Ancient... Yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it does. Right, but okay, moving swiftly on from that then. The man who pushed, I was going to say pushed a ball, but let's not go there in the context of syphilis, pushed a boulder up a hill and we got to the top, it rolled back down the other side and they had to go well, and do obviously. it again. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So this, ta- this task never ends, but Becky's um, cleaning routines mm-hmm. and uh, recipes and potions really, really help with that. So... Why did we invite Becky, Steve, to join us for this special edition? We invited Becky because Becky knows whether our tips will actually work. Because Becky, unlike us, actually does all of this stuff. Which uh, Why clean? But I beg your pardon, I do <laughs> oh, clean, you do, yeah, but do. The, the point is that the cleaning that you do and that I do and that Mrs. Finnan does, because it certainly isn't <laughs> Steve, <laughs> um, that's very much, you know, buy all the bottles of chemicals, yeah. uh, have yes. a, a sink full stocked with stuff, mm-hmm. but that's not the clean mama that's, way. No. And, and in fact, part of the reason we invited her as well was to see the links between how Becky does stuff and how the housewives in the 1950s would work as well. Yeah, yeah the so, old and the new. Indeed. Well, Becky, I think Becky does it without all these corrosive, poisonous chemicals. And mm-hmm. I think that's the way that housewives in Scotland in the 1950s did it, uh, because they didn't have any. Whereas Becky has decided, wait a minute, you don't need that. Am I right in that, Becky? It, that's exactly right. I have found that you don't need all the chemicals and your house will still be clean <laughs> with <laughs> soap and water and very simple, simple ingredients, just like my grandma used. And um, I, I, that's just how I uh, approach cleaning. And so so what, what features in your arsenal? What are the main kind of ingredients? Because I know that you sell as well through your site. Uh, you sell, um, for example, little bottles, clear glass bottles, which are empty with markings on them so that people can fill them up with the, the bits they need to make stuff. And a bit like the, the, the women in the 50s, those ingredients that you mark on the bottles are really simple. 
Yes. Yeah. It's simple things like Castile soap, vinegar, white vinegar. Um, vinegar, Steve. I yeah, love vinegar. vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Baking soda. I mean, tar- I'll, I'll use cream of tartar, which you normally think of baking with, but mm. I'll use that for cleaning. So there's just definitely, it's simple, simple ingredients that you probably have in your pantry instead of under your kitchen sink. Yeah. And so we've selected, Steve selected from the book, a whole bunch of tips that we're going to put to you. But before we get to that, we have, we cannot start with anywhere other than sour milk for oh, cleaning floors. God. So, so, so one of the tips from the book a long time ago was about using sour milk to clean linoleum, to clean um, plastic flooring. Uh, what's your r- rating on that, do you reckon, oh. Becky? God. Bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> score one for Connie um, on that. that it's, that's intriguing because it's, you know, you kind of wonder what the science is. And I guess I would assume that when, if you've got sour milk, it probably has, it's like buttermilk or like maybe a little bit vinegary. Yeah. And so maybe they felt that the, that bacteria or the vinegar that was made with the sour milk would work to combat like the grease and the grime. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it's like point blank disgusting. But I know that um, when you do some of your Q&As on your Insta stories, Becky, uh, people really get freaked out and weirded out and worried about vinegar being used because what my house smell of vinegar. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing with vinegar is that it actually dissipates when it's dry. So it does smell. I don't like the smell of vinegar. And I actually kind of try to do everything like come up with recipes without using vinegar just because I could not stand the smell. But then once I got used to it and realized how well it worked then it, I, now I actually like it. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what then let's dive straight in and see if we can get, right. see if we can get your opinion on this tip because I put it to you gentlemen and lady, this is a good one. Brighter chrome to keep chrome taps, ornaments, etc., bright and shining a duster dipped in dry flour works wonders. Mrs. M. H. McLeod, 370 Ochmill, Bucksburn, Aberdeen. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I have seen tips and I've, I've used it before where I've taken flour on stainless with water and that will like a paste. buff and shine like a paste. Yeah. But I don't know how it would work with it. Like dry, that seems like you'd just be adding to the dust. Mm -hmm. I guess it's Uh, very, very fine abrasive, right? I I guess that must be the idea. The idea is instead of, well, you know that sand will clean a knife. Yeah. If you have a very dirty or stained knife, you repeatedly do it in sand and that cleans it. So the idea would be, I would hope, that flour, actually, you can see the reasoning of this lady from Bucksburn and Aberdeen. You can see her reasoning that she would think why the science of that would work. Becky, can I put that down as a maybe? Yes, that could be a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to test it myself because I think it sounds like a mess, but I can see where, you know, there you you might be able to. (laughs) Okay, well, I do have higher hopes for the next one, right? Quick tip. To clean silver chains and brooches, place article in the palm of the hand and rub with bicarbonate of soda. Brush off surplus powder with a soft brush, then polish with a duster. Mrs. M. Clark, 33 Duddington Road West, Portobello. So it's dry baking soda. I think it's dry baking soda. soda. Yeah. I almost said soda. (laughs) (laughs) Soda. I don't, I think that that would probably like just get into the chains and create more of, 
like more the, problems. Yeah. I don't know that I'm, I'm not really sure how that would work without water. It's probably the same idea. Like it's an abrasive, mm-hmm. probably similar. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder if it's just, they're just going for abrasive yeah. rather than, than the, the actual product being an active ingredient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about if the idea was that you rinsed it with water once you'd done the bicarb of soda thing, would that clean it? Would that work? I, well, would you not have to rinse it with an active ingredient like vinegar to so actually fizzy. react with the bicarb? I, that would probably discolor the the silver, oh, so you wouldn't no. want to do that. Oh, but you could, but you would do the. Um, I think if you put, like, if you had damp hands and you put the bicarb on the silver yep. and yeah. kind of rubbed it with, and then rinsed it off, I think that could help, or that mm-hmm. you know that might have something there. This is this um, is really exciting, don't you think? Becky is is literally live as we're chatting to her <laughs> doing. Presumably exactly what these women, and it was almost always women, we've said this so uh-huh. often in this podcast, mm-hmm. what these women were doing in Scotland in the 1950s was having an idea, working with a really basic palette of ingredients yeah. Yeah. and just trying stuff. Like tried I know. and tested. I know. I d- See, the more you think about it, the more you think about what Becky's doing. You don't need a brace of angry, tough <laughs> chemicals, do you? Yeah. Some of the, a lot of, an awful lot of the stuff that I've got underneath the sink, you wouldn't want to spill it on your hands. I don't know what's under the sink, Steve. I know where the sink is. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, there are some, uh, you do use things like hydrogen peroxide, don't you, Becky? Is that right? I do. Yep, I do. I'll Which use is it. a fairly tier one chemical. Yep, and that's like, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure, like Scotland versus the US, but people here will use it as like a mouth rinse too. Oh. Like it has... To, to whiten yeah. your teeth, right? <laughs> oh my yeah. Goodness. And it says it, it says it right on the bottle. I mean, it's like part of the instructions or we use it like for cleaning skin or, you know, the, like a cut, wow. that sort of thing. Or if you mix it up with baking soda and then use it to brush your teeth, mm-hmm. um, wow. lighten your hair. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, and that's the U S so that's why so I said brave. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're hardcore, man. Yeah, yeah. We thought Scottish people were hard. <laughs> it doesn't, um, so I will use that to clean, like to whiten things. I use it. I use like in the laundry. It's great to whiten whites too. Um, but it's it's something that I definitely employ in my cleaning so arsenal. Whitens yeah. your teeth and your undies, Steve. What's next? <laughs> I can't think of anything else that whitens my teeth and undies. But here we go again. I have some confidence in this one, Becky. So. Mm. Keep open-minded. Connie, don't give me your size of oomph. <laughs> Easily cleaned. If the juice from apples runs over the oven while cooking the apples, shake salt on it. This causes the juice to burn to a crisp so that it can be easily removed later. Oh. Miss I. Parkhill, 74 Bushmill Roads, Coleraine, Northern Ireland. Whoever has cooked an apple... Who has cooked, cooked apples? Why? What for? Well, like apple pie or something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, I guess yeah. You, could, yeah. you could use it for any. So that, that's interesting because I will use kosher salt on like my cast iron skillet um, or in like to, to clean that. So if you use just regular salt and sprinkle it on top of something that's filled in the oven, it's going to absorb the liquid, uh-huh. which salt does. And then it would... I, I guess I'd have to see it if it actually burned it to a crisp and then you could just, just pull it away. It but I, off, yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like much less of a mess than 
Steve, burned apples. Steve's doing a victory lap around the room we're in. As yeah, I would happy. say that would be, that's one I'm going to try. For yeah, sure. yeah. Woo, woo, does, woo, it, woo. does it have to be apple juice? Could it be any form of oven liquid? Well, I guess the point is that it's, um, <laughs> I don't quite know what oven liquid is. I guess the point is that it's um, stuff that's sugary, right? And sort of syrupy that would sort of stick and burn okay. um, onto stuff. Whereas this, as Becky says, the salt will, um, will absorb... Becky, I've got a question. I've never understood. I quite often watch uh, US cooking shows and they quite often talk about kosher salt. Yeah. I don't, so I know, yeah. what, I know what, what kosher that? is, but I don't understand what kosher salt is particularly. Well, kosher salt is a little bit of a, like a larger texture of a grain. Okay. So it's not, I mean, it's kosher. Yes. But it's, <laughs> but it's the like the largest grain that you can buy, like salt grain that you can buy that isn't expensive um so i you can use it like everyday we stuff. use it yes yeah, so yeah, it's, like it's not artisanal um sort of molden would we have molden like sea salt. salt and no but oh. like in if in, if you're in the uk and you buy molden sea salt flakes that's like quite high-end fancy mm. um, oh, yeah, uh, english yeah. salt flakes but what becky's saying is that kosher salt is well for one thing it's kosher so it's, it complies with the jewish um uh, codes of conduct around eating but mm. it also is just a an everyday but larger grain. And what, why does that large grain make a difference? Why why do you specify it? It it, it has like more of a scrubbing action. Right. So if yeah. it, it's yeah, gonna yeah. and it's gonna probably absorb a little bit better because it's larger. Yeah. Um. Mm. But yeah, we sell it. It's like a box and it has like a spout on it, so you can actually. It's maybe like a one pound box with a salt with a spout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can actually just sprinkle it. Whereas if I were to use like my fancy salt it would be you know like a dollar to clean (laughs) i mean it would it would cost too much to make it worth it but with that i can sprinkle it but you can also just use regular sea salt too or your regular salt either one would probably work i would be curious about the kosher because i kind of think that i have a feeling that that would work better because Mm -hmm. it is like a larger grain it would absorb more and have less of a mess when it's done so yeah i will definitely be trying that too that's tremendous. Okay, so while we calm Steve down after his lapse of the room with his victory dance, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Ho, ho, ho. The Pass On books make the perfect gift for Christmas or even any other time of year, especially for your favourite older relative who'll find lots in there that they'll recognise. You can get 20% off the Pass On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code THRIFTY at checkout. And... As Santa famously always says, check the episode notes for details and terms. Here's your bonus ad break tip. To enhance the beauty of ordinary Christmas cards, I use my daughter's glitter set. I paste the tops of trees, church spires, candles and windows, etc. Then sprinkle on glitter in different colours. Result? Some very expensive looking Christmas cards. Welcome back, folks. I have uh, almost got my breath back from my victory dance. I don't like the idea of Steve heavy breathing no. in this podcast. <laughs> Off so I'm going to carry my role on with another wonderful and useful tip that Becky will say, yeah, <laughs> or something. Wine stains. Should wine get spilled on your tablecloth, sprinkle it once with powdered starch and leave on for two hours. Shake the powder off. Wash in cold water and the stains will disappear. Mrs. Martin, 43 Old Hill Crescent, Bridgend, Linlithgow. What do you reckon, Becky? 
Well, I could see it's like cornstarch, right? Is yeah, that, yeah. Okay, so that absorbs liquid. So if it was a fresh stain and it just happened, I would see where that would work because it would it would pull the wine up into um, that into powder. Start, but you, yeah. right, but you would not, you wouldn't want to touch it. Like if you had already blotted it up, it's not going to work. But if you sprinkled it on while it was wet, that could possibly work. I don't know if I would want to risk it if it was a really nice tablecloth, I think I'd prefer to remove it, rinse it in cool water. So and I've, I've got a question then. So traditionally the advice I was given, if you spill, either if you spill red, red wine, wine is to do white wine, but, or also if you spill something to put salt on it to, for the same thing, to, to uh-huh. soak up that liquid, because so salt is a desiccant, it will soak up the liquid. But I heard, read recently, Uh-oh. that salt is also a, a, a mordant, I think is the word, a fixer. So it will fix the color of the stain rather than, Removing it, it will actually help, you know, bind that color to the cloth you've uh, uh, tried to remove the stain from. What do you reckon, Becky? What's the the truth of the salt on one well, stain? Well, salt will, yep. I mean, you, I w- used to, I was an art teacher, and I would do tie dyeing with kids, and we would add salt to yeah. that dye to s- stop it, like to yeah. or to hold that st- that color. So, so it is salt, a mordant. Yeah, it is. So, but the starch, I think the starch could work, and I guess. As I said that, I was thinking, what if you, if you had a big dinner party and you're not going to like grab the tablecloth while you've got a food, (laughs) you know, it would make sense to take a spoon and just sprinkle a little bit of that cornstarch on there, say, don't touch it and just keep, keep on with your party. And then when everyone leaves, two hours have passed, Mm -hmm. give it a quick shake and see what happens. I mean, I guess that would be when it would be useful. Mm. Oh, Steve's looking very Guys, pleased with himself. I'm, I'm, well, I, I think we're kind of there with that. First time him, ever. Does white wine on a red wine stain work? No. No, it's just a waste of white wine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> club soda. You can club soda. do that. Yeah, club soda, but not white wine. <laughs> oh. I'll just translate into our British audience. Sparkling water for club soda. <laughs> club soda sounds far more glamorous, so I'm always yeah, jealous I, of Americans having right. club soda as a phrase. Sparkling water is absolutely vile. <laughs> have you ever had so so i don't drink bottled water because you know it's terrible for mother earth um but he's so green so I he is do really <laughs> like i one of my little tiny little treats of a nice restaurant is uh, there's a french sparkling water called badois which is naturally carbonated so normally um bottled water by sparkling water has got carbon dioxide added to it but badois is very gentle and it it to me it it does speak of luxury it's just water it's just very slightly sparkling water but it always speaks of you know fine dining and linen tablecloths and lovely it's it's like like soap it's like disappointing lemonade yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna (laughs) and we don't have that we have san pellegrino oh yeah go to a nice restaurant they will have that As yeah. you're in, and that's the same where it's like bottled at the source and not at, you know, but it's. And, um, and most places in America, can you drink the water straight from the taps? Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. a third world country, Steve. Oh, apart from oh, England. Steve's not drink left the water Scotland. in England. Yes, you do, Steve. No, you don't. Of course no, I don't drink the water in it's England. It's full of limes or something. <laughs> limes. So, so the water in England is what we'd call hard water. So it's got a lot of calcium in it. So okay. it doesn't lather very well. Mm. And that's why you have to you have to add salt there to soften the water if you're using it for um, like dishwasher, for example. Yeah, it's kind of weird because dishwashers have got space for salt to put in them, or multi tabs have got they're yeah. mostly salt. But we don't really need that in Scotland because our water is very soft water. I can't even drink the water in Dundee; it's disgusting. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. Come to Forfar and you'll get better water, guaranteed. <laughs> well, right. you can definitely tell, like, when you go from one place to the next here, yeah. like, one town. I mean, each town has their own water filtration system, so it does taste different mm-hmm. from place to place. And of course, I find it you, weird. You've got the big debate as well still in the, in the U.S. about fluoridation, haven't you? Um, yes. Fluoridation yep. water, because some people do, and then some people will get very angry about that, about the, that? the government contaminating their water supply, putting fluoride in oh. the water to improve uh, yep. teeth. They do here, but then they then you put hydrogen peroxide on them, and uh, well, that's why you need to put it strong enough to take the hydrogen yeah. peroxide. Thanks, Steve. Come on then. Hit my button again. Then this is a very pl- practical one, right? No clogging. To clean a pepper pot lid, there's nothing like drawing a darning needle with a white thread through the holes. Miss R. Lock, eighty-four Watermoor Road, Sirencester. I think we've already had that one, Steve. We have. Well, no, we haven't had exactly that one. Do you remember mm. we had the one about putting toothpicks in your salt shaker oh. as a decorative object in the middle <laughs> of your table, which is just the most tragic vision of a. I mean, that a... that tip's kind of boring, but it would work. It's boring. Okay, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to just repeat it for me. Because yeah. <laughs> it's paint, boring. Paint, paint the word Sorry, pitch. yeah, Becky <laughs> I didn't do, Dozed off halfway through that tip, Steve. <laughs> tell you what, I'll give you a jingle again, just for the yeah, full effect. Perfect. To clean a pepper pot lid, there's nothing like drawing a darning needle with white thread through the holes. Pointless. So the, no, the sometimes the, you the, sometimes the, do get clogged the, up. The, the perf- works, Becky's uh, still looking confused, poor woman. But the, the, the perforations <laughs> on top of a so obviously these days. In our fancy Dan um, post Jamie Oliver days, we have uh, freshly cracked black pepper. Uh-huh. But in in the old days, you'd have terrible desiccated, flavorless uh, pepper. It was powder almost, it wasn't was it? Powder, yeah. Um, and it would come in a, a little vessel like a salt shaker uh-huh. with you know five or six holes or something on the on the top of it. And the point here is that those could get clogged, especially if it was damp. And let's face it, this is Scotland. It was frequently (laughs) damp. Um, And so to clean them, draw a a darning needle, a a sewing needle through that hole with Mm -hmm. uh, thread on it to to clear the clogs pepper out. Well, and and I guess the the thread would help to like clean it a little bit more to whatever the uh, attached to to the needle. I guess it just, I guess I, I'd prefer just to take it off and wash it if it was that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or bang it about a bit. You guys are just far, far too practical for me. You're you're not joining in spirit at all. Move on. This might take a bit of talking about. Clean bath. (laughs) However badly stained and water-lined baths may be, they are quickly cleaned with salt and paraffin. Saturate a cloth with the oil, dip in fine salt and rub the bath well. Afterwards, rinse with cold, not hot, water to take away the smell of the paraffin. Mrs. Thompson, 121 St. Vincent Street, Glasgow. We're going to have to explain what paraffin is. Do we? Is that well, is... It, it's wax, right? Well, yeah. So you do get paraffin wax, but it, but in this case, you're talking about paraffin oil. So you're talking about something akin to kerosene. Am I right in that? It's oh, okay. Used to put it in lamps yeah. or heaters and burn it. Yeah, so I think I, yeah, I don't feel of some. I don't know if it's literally the same thing as kerosene in the US. Or What's kerosene used for? Lamps. Um, for lamps and heaters like, as well. Like, um, not for heaters. No. I, mean, I guess you could use it for heaters, but mostly like it, like a decorative lamp. Oh. Um, 
an oldie worldy lamp. So, but I, yeah, I, I think paraffin might be kerosene. I think it might be two words the same thing. Is, yeah. It's probably six and a half. But if not, it's, it's really strong smelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Very pungent petrochemical smell. So I would probably, I, I guess this is probably, I could see where they're going. They're using some kind of an oil uh-huh. with the abrasive. Mm-hmm. And then that's helping to clean like the hard water. I'm assuming it's like hard water stains in the bathtub. Yes. Is that yes. probably what, um, so that would, that sounds like what they're doing <laughs> or what the suggestion is. I mean, it sounds to me almost like the hack here that people will say to use like car wax in your shower to, and it's to kind of. Oh, to make it hydrophobic. Right. Right. So that it kind of beads off, the water beads off and then it doesn't build. I mean, to me, that's kind of what it seems like you're trying to create like a a layer where it's not, it's not going to come back. Yeah. So you're kind of treating it. Because they're just talking about rinsing. Yeah. At the end of doing that, right. not washing. So they they are, as Becky seems to suggest, that they are leaving the oil as a thick rime <laughs> of mac <laughs> over the bath because they're not then using a surfacent, uh, a, a soap or something to like wash that oil off. No, True. but they're rinsing it to get away the smell of paraffin. They're not rinsing it to wash it away. Oh, well, exactly. So I I totally bear, get that. I have that though. stuff on my car windows, so the rain goes up, yes, as opposed to mm-hmm. all over the place. And do you, Becky, do you do the car wax on your shower thing? No, I do not. Why? <laughs> because of the, it's a chemical and I wouldn't want that ah, to okay. be in, like in the bathtub. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I don't recommend that. It's because it's terribly toxic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then you, like every time you heat, you know, you use hot water or warm water in the shower, you're like reigniting that. Yeah. The fumes. And, the fumes. Yeah. 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 yeah so. All right. I'll tell you what. We'll go with one last one. Okay. Wait a minute before you press that. Becky, I'm confident. This is the one I've picked out that I think Becky will say, yep, that'll work. Okay. Another one. <laughs> specs, as in specs. Spectacles. Use Spectacles. Use ordinary eau de cologne to clean spectacles. It quickly removes spots and grease from both lenses and frames and keeps them from steaming up. Miss A. Wilson, Welfare Grounds, Fullwell Road, Sunderland. You know that spit also does that. <laughs> so, so the choice is eau de cologne or spit. spit. <laughs> Becky, do you think eau de cologne or any type of perfume would clean specks? It could because it's a high alcohol content. Yeah, yeah. And the and alcohol is really good for glass and for mirrors everything. and you know. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so it's going to, so I could see why that would be something that they would use. I wouldn't recommend it because it's, I don't know, it seems like an odd use for something expensive like Yes, that. it does. Yeah, very true. As um, long-time listeners to this podcast will know, I sometimes am very suspicious of some of these tips because I suspect that Show they are off. the people showing off. Mm-hmm. Like, I have so much eau de cologne or eau de toilette, oh, eau de toilette wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be as good, uh, eau de cologne that I can afford to splash on my glasses. But here's the thing, um, that would have worked when glasses were just glass. But yep. mm. you don't want to be recommending that today because it's going to immediately strip the um, anti-glare That's fancy coat. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, ha- I happen to be wearing contacts today and I'm definitely not putting eau de cologne. In the spirit, and I'll go for it, mate. <laughs> anyway, right, Becky, before we go then, what are your favourite tips? 
do you of think? life, not Steve's nonsense. Your favourite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ones that actually work that yeah. you've proven over uh, many, many years of uh, experimentation and innovation. Yeah, my favourite tip, one of my favourite tips is my nightly sink scrub. And that is something that I do every evening once the family helps with putting dishes away. We have a dishwasher, so if anything's washed in the sink, it's that's done. Uh, we put dishes in the dishwasher and then I have a little mixture in a mason jar and it's um, two cups of baking soda. I do like, so it's one here in the U.S. It's like one little box is the same equivalent. You can just use baking soda, but I also add essential oils to that. I do lemon and clove. Those are my favorite scents. Mm -hmm. I stir that up with a knife and I store that under my sink. So then in the evening, I just take it and I sprinkle the, um, that concoction in my wet sink when it's empty. <laughs> and then I, I squirt some dish, dish soap or Castile soap on that. And then I use a scrub brush just for my sink. I don't use it on the dishes or anything else. And I scrub the sink and rinse it and dry it. And then we're done for the night. So that's, that's my favorite kind of old-fashioned um, tip. It must yeah. smell lovely. It does. And it's kind of like, um, that aromatherapy uh -huh. is kind of, it's, it's calming in the evening when you're kind of, you know, like just trying to settle down for the night and, um, it makes the kitchen smell good. And, uh, we have a, and the kitchen sink is one of the dirtiest places in the home. It's dirty, dirtier than toilet seats. Yeah, yeah. So because we put bleach in toilet seats. So that, yeah. We can't see that stat, don't we? <laughs> that, you know, things that, you know, your keyboard at work has got X yeah. times more germs than your My toilet seat at home. At work. But it's because we disgusting. don't bleach our <laughs> um, <laughs> keyboards at work traditionally. Yeah. And Becky, what do you think of the, of the notion that being very clean and tidy and doing the scrubbing, it makes you a better and more fulfilled and happier person? Because I utterly believe that. Despite not doing it himself. No, but, <laughs> but a a, having a tidy place around you is great. Well, I think it definitely helps with your mood and you know where things are. You're not um, struggling to find things and you feel better in your space when things are put away and tidy mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to take all day. I, I only spend a few minutes every day, but because I consistently do it, it, um, it's always helps with the load. pretty pretty clean. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. You must enjoy what you do, Becky. Yeah, I, I love it. You I do. do. You I sound really like do. you do. Yeah, and, and it's such a treat, genuinely, to see somebody who is there's a there, there's not even there's not a, a hair's breadth between what Becky's doing and what the Housewives of Scotland were doing when they were writing the Sunday Post mm -hmm. in the 1950s. It is using a a simple arsenal of chemicals, ingenuity, care, and mm -hmm. a love for and respect for your home and your family life. Yeah. 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 It's astonishing. I love it. it Thank you so great. much for joining us, Becky. Thank you. It was such a treat. Good. We really hope that you've enjoyed your time with us today, Becky. We've loved having you. Um, join us for more madness or possibly genius from the Housewives of the 1950s and join us for more nonsense from us here in Scotland today. See you then. Hi, it's Chris here with a little personal appeal on behalf of Connie, Steve and me. We so love making this podcast and we hope to keep doing so for a long time to come, but we need your support to prove that it's worth doing. Now, there are three ways you can help us keep making episodes. The first, and the one that makes the biggest difference, is by buying the books. They're stuffed with hundreds of fascinating, clever and occasionally 
downright daft tips. And as Steve said, you can get 20% off with a discount code thrifty at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Next, spread the word. Tell your pals to listen if you think they'd love it too. And if you tag the Pass It On pod on Twitter or Pass It On Tips on Facebook, we'll see you and we'll give you a big virtual kiss. And lastly, subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help other people discover it when they're browsing and looking for things to listen to. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Even if you do none of that, we still love having you. See you next time.